Welcome to Pivot Point of View. This is Becky Pearson, and the goal of this podcast is to bring you health and wellness tips for you and the horse you rode in on. Hey, everybody, it's Becky Pearson with Pearson Physical Therapy and Pivot Point Equine. And today it is um, the middle of June, and it is very hot here in central Nebraska. And I thought this was a great time to visit with you all about um, health and wellness for you and your horse when you're traveling. Um, I haven't done very many podcasts lately because I have been on the road a lot. Uh, As a lot of you may know, we have uh, two teenage girls and um, our... Well, this past weekend was the first weekend we've had off since about the 1st of March, and um, which has been wonderful. We're so thankful that we've been able to go, especially after COVID last year canceled everything. Um, but with being on the road a lot, it brings a lot of challenges for both you staying healthy and keeping your horse healthy. So I thought this was a great topic today, and I hope that... Um, You know, I hope a lot of this is old news for you and um, you're already doing all of it, but maybe I can bring you some insight on some things that you can do for yourself and your horse. So without further ado, let's let's get into it. First of all, when you are traveling, um, if you are traveling uh, within your state or, you know, within, I would say about a four hour radius. Um, it probably does not take as much planning as it does if you are going further than that. If we are planning a trip that is more than four hours, we do try to plan our route and our breaks ahead of time, especially if we are pulling a trailer and um, we have horses on board because you don't want to have to try to get your horses out in a very unsafe area. And then if you are also overnighting with horses, that provides uh, quite a few challenges as well. Thankfully, we live in the era of social media. Well, sometimes I'm thankful for that. Sometimes I'm not. Um, But for the most part, I am thankful for it because if you are going uh, through a state or an area that you're not familiar with, good places to stay, it's always amazing to me if, you know, a person reaches out and says, hey, I'm going through, you know, Southern Colorado. I need a place to layover with horses. It seems like you can find a lot of answers on that. Uh, Some other resources for planning good overnight stops, uh, you can go to horsemotel.com or horsetrip.com. Either one of those websites are very helpful. It provides good information on different places that you can lay over with horses. Oftentimes fairgrounds are not included on those websites. And so I do encourage you also to um, look at a map, good old fashioned map, and find uh, find out what county you're wanting to lay over in. For example, we stayed in Trinidad, Colorado overnight when we had been going out to Las Vegas. I just, you know, Googled Fairgrounds, Trinidad, Colorado, and uh, was able to find the contact information for the caregiver of the fairgrounds. And it actually proved to be a, a a pretty nice facility, but you do need to call ahead of time because um, the fairgrounds was locked. They do lock those gates in the evening. So it also helped us feel a little more secure when we were there. So that was really pretty, 
pretty nice uh, surprise and it just helps you know whether the water is going to be turned on for your horse. Um, if you can plug in or not plug in, what type of stalls or pens are available. Um, and so if you can just touch base ahead of time and it just takes a little planning ahead. Of course, you want to make sure you have your health and Coggins in place. You know, that's kind of a no brainer. Um, but sometimes, you know, we just forget to get our Coggins. Um, it's crazy how all of a sudden you're like, oh, you know, I'm going to go to Wyoming and I don't have my Coggins done. So um, just make sure you're planning ahead before you load up the horses to take off. So that's enough about planning your route and um, breaks ahead of time. Of course, you know, make sure your trailer's in good working order. You have your spare tire is aired up, um, wheel bearings, all that kind of stuff. I'm not a mechanic. I don't pretend to be. Thankfully, I have a husband that does a really good job keeping our trailer and our pickup in great shape. Um, if you don't have somebody on your team to help with those kinds of things, um, then that would have to be you as the person on your team that takes care of those things. And so there's lots of resources out there to um, give you good ideas on what to make sure you're checking with your, your trailer. I always try to check uh, air pressure in my tires before we head off on a on a long trip so now if we talk a little bit about uh, your wellness okay you as a rider or as a parent of a rider um, that's where I've found myself to be in uh, the role recently so we've been going to lots of high school rodeos there is a lot of sitting around and it uh, can actually make your back pretty sore. It can make your neck pretty sore. There's some things that you can do to help that. So first, um, be very mindful of when and what you eat. Okay. So what I have tried to do this spring, I've tried to be better this spring. I, I normally I would just throw in a bunch of lunch meat and either tortilla shells or bread and we'd have um, sandwiches with chips and and honestly I was getting quite sick of the cold sandwich and I just needed some ideas and so I reached out to a bunch of mothers on Facebook and I'm like give me some ideas for some meals meal planning that I can do for in the trailer and I'm still not super creative, but I do feel like I'm being a little bit healthier so try to prepare some foods ahead of time and keep in your living quarters refrigerator or um, in a cooler. So you don't have to have a big fancy trailer in order to eat healthy on the road. So get yourself a nice cooler. Of course, the Yeti coolers, they keep things very, very cold. If you haven't experienced those, I do feel like those types of coolers are well worth their money. They're pretty neat. I resisted them for a long time. They are really good coolers. They keep your food cold for a long time. So try to prepare some foods ahead of time. Uh, I'm very busy just as many of you are. And um, so like one night I will just try to make like a double batch of taco meat. I'm already cooking. So, um, so if I'm cooking supper and I'm making tacos, I make a second batch of taco meat so that we have it in the fridge and we end up making either um, walking tacos out of them, a taco salad, if you're also incorporating a little more lettuce in there, or 
You can have burritos if you have your tortilla shells in there. So um, another thing that I love to make is uh, like a cold chicken salad. So I just cook up a bunch of chicken in my Instapot and I chop it up and then I chop up some grapes and some celery and throw a little mayo on that. And that is wonderful like without a tortilla or with a tortilla, make like a chicken salad wrap and it's super fast. My kids love to eat it. It's great on these hot days because it doesn't really weigh you down. It's it's very easy to do. Biggest thing with that is I usually don't have enough of it because everybody in the family just loves it. So those are quick ideas. We love a lot of uh, Mexican food. So that is great. It's easy to have the salsa in the fridge or the cooler throw a little ranch on there or sour cream or whatever you want. But those are easy go-to things that you don't have to go um, to a fast food restaurant or, you know, you're, if you're stopped at a gas station or a break with the horses, uh, you can easily make up some of those things and, and eat a lot healthier. So, so just a little bit of preparation ahead of time. Um, another thing that I've done here lately is making what we call um, some friends of ours, uh, JB, Sonia, and Jade Atkins. Um, they brought up that they, they actually brought some over to us, some dashboard burritos, they call it. So it's breakfast burritos. I just cook up some sausage, some eggs, and throw a little salsa on that and put it in a tortilla, wrap it up in tinfoil, and it's in the freezer in our living quarters. And the idea is that you can, um, obviously you could heat it up in the microwave in your living quarters, but you can also throw it on the dashboard of your pickup. And like on a hot day, like today, uh, it'd be heated up in no time. Uh, we did this a uh, few weeks ago when we were at a uh, high school rodeo and it was supposed to get pretty warm that day, but it didn't. So our dashboard burritos didn't get super hot and we were just with the stock trailer that day so but it was okay they warmed up enough that they unthawed and um, we were able to eat so we, we sure didn't starve to death by any means so those are kind of some meal ideas for you the the breakfast burritos you know of course you can eat them for breakfast or you can eat them for lunch or supper whatever and they're really easy to do and easy to make up ahead of time and keep in the freezer so the other thing, if you're like me when you're driving, a lot of times if I get tired, I notice that if I can snack, I don't like tend to get as sleepy. So make sure you're packing very healthy snacks like almonds, beef jerky, things like that. Um, you know, if you're on a low carb diet, those are some great snacks that way. If you're not on a low carb diet, I think pretzels are pretty healthy, you know, other than the fact that they have carbohydrates, but those are things that um, are better than like candy bars. And they typically, you know, they last a little longer. Um, popcorn is another good snacky thing. Um, peanuts, uh, you know, depending on what your, your diet requirements are, just think about it ahead of time again and, and try to pack some snacks that are a little healthier. Um, cherries. I love cherries. Um, they're a great snack, kind of keep you busy. I think some people do a lot of sunflower seeds. Um, I hate the mess of sunflower seeds, so I never buy them, but that's another good healthy snack that keeps you kind of busy and keeps you awake when you're, when you're driving. So just try to pick some snacks that, uh, you aren't, 
you know, standing in the gas station and looking at all the crappy snack choices. Um, try to try to plan ahead again on that so that you make a little better better choice. The other thing that when you're on the road and you're traveling, what we usually do is is we have a pellet grill with us. It's really handy on some of these rodeo towns that the town is really small and there isn't much of a restaurant. So we'll grill some hamburgers. Um, a lot of times I'll just eat the hamburger patty without a bun and have a salad on the side. The kids will have some hot dogs, things like that. But um, having a small propane grill or a small pellet grill has a little bit healthier option for you. You know, and when you're, maybe you're going to pack some steaks and you have a steak, you try to have a a salad with that and um, you can have, or you can have the salad as your main entree. So um, just some ideas that we've found have worked for us when we're on the rodeo trail. So the other um, aspect that I wanted to touch on today is um, your horse and eating on the road. So this can be eating and drinking, I guess, on the road. Um, this can be quite a difficult problem when your horse is stressed out from hauling. And if you're a seasoned hauler, you you know how to keep your horse eating and drinking on the road. If you're a newbie to hauling, um, it can be very frustrating if your horse goes off of water or food when, when you're on the road. And, you know, I, I really did feel like I was a seasoned hauler. We've hauled a lot all over the country. We've hauled up to the Northwest. Um, we've hauled all over and, you know, have been pretty successful with it. Um, but I learned a valuable lesson uh, this winter. Um, we were hauling down to Fort Worth and for the kids to compete in the uh, Junior American. And um, we it was really cold when we left home. And I'm, I'm very good about making sure they have something, the horses have something for their stomach to help keep them from getting ulcery on the trip. And so I'm usually pretty good about starting either some type of a meprazole the day before or, you know, something, whatever your go-to is for keeping the stomach acids at bay in your horse. I'm usually very good at doing that, starting that stuff the day before. And I'm also very good about keeping hay in front of my horses at all times. Now, with this particular trip, with it being very cold, um, we did start the stomach stuff ahead of time. But I did not think to start electrolytes before we left home. And because most of the time our horses drink really well on the road and we haven't had an issue. But in this particular case, um, we got on the road and we made it as far as Weatherford, Oklahoma that night. And we stayed uh, with some friends there in Weatherford. We had one mare on the trailer. We took three of them. We had one mare on the trailer that um, we didn't realize that she did not drink much. Uh, like she drank a little bit when we stopped in Kansas and got them off, um, but not a lot. And then that night it was so cold and they had their blankets on, but she did not drink much that night either. And so then the next day we made it into Fort Worth that day she drank a little bit, but not great. And she was stressed out because uh, she couldn't see her 
buddies. Okay. So our mares like to be able to see each other in the stalls and they were stalled all in a line, um, next to each other. And the, the sidewalls of the stalls were solid. So she couldn't see her friends. And so she was stressed out. Like she didn't want to eat. She didn't want to drink. And by the next morning we had, we had a mild case of colic starting. So thankfully the vets at OE uh, were there on hand and they did IV her some fluids and um, I started giving her electrolytes. Um, hindsight is 2020. Had I started the electrolytes ahead of time, I think that could have kept her on water a little better throughout the trip. So and electrolytes, basically, it's a balance of um, salt, minerals, those kinds of things to to keep the horse hydrated and keep them drinking. So anyways, long story short, we had about three large bags of IV fluids pushed on this mare. Um, and she finally started getting everything moving again. I also did a PEMF treatment on her. Um, while we were taking care of her and we were pushing the electrolytes and the vets were pushing the fluids and we were able to avert any further uh, complication from any kind of impaction colic, which it was very scary to, to have to deal with that. You definitely could tell she didn't feel very well. We couldn't give her anything to eat until she did pass, um, pass some manure because basically the theory is that if you allow a horse that is colicking from impaction colic, uh, if you allow them to eat and they're already backed up, you're just adding more to the the pipe that's clogged, if you'd say. So you don't want to keep adding food to that um, if they can't pass it. So then you get into a case too, if you're not feeding them because you have this impacted colon, then you can also get into an ulcery type of a situation with that horse uh, because you're not feeding them. So it can be very scary and it can be very dangerous. And like I said, I, I kind of learned my lesson there that I think had we started the electrolytes before we ever started to haul that trip, uh, we probably could have avoided the whole situation. So definitely keep water accessible to your horses at all times when they're not in the trailer. And then I do suggest that you uh, stop at least every four hours and offer water so that they um, have a chance to drink. If you can pack a external water tank on your trailer so that they can drink the water from home, that'll also keep them drinking really well on the road. A lot of people do start like some flavored waters before they leave on a trip. I tend to not have enough foresight to be able to do that. I, I, I'm very you know envious of the people that do. Uh, so to me, if I could give them some electrolytes before they get on that trailer, along with some stomach medicine, that would definitely help, I think, prepare the horses uh, better for your, for your trip. So and you want to make sure that you're hydrated as well. Um, so you want to keep water accessible to yourself as well at all times. I tend to drink more water when I have a cup with ice and a straw. 
don't ask me why. I think it's just a lot easier. I love the cold water because I'll drink a whole lot more when it's cold versus when it's warm. To me, warm water is just not very appealing. Same thing goes for your horse. If you can uh, get cold water for them to drink, they're going to drink more of that as well. So if your water's getting hot on your trailer, um, you could, if you have access to dumping it out and freshening it up, that'll probably keep your horse drinking as well. Make sure when they're in their stall, when you're on the road, you know, dump that water out every day, get a fresh bucket, get the, you know, old hay that they have in there, get that out of there, get them clean water, fresh water. They're going to drink that a little better as well. So that, um, in a nutshell is my opinion on, um, horse and human nutrition and hydration on the road very very important to keep you going if you do suspect yourself that you're getting like a urinary tract infection because you haven't been drinking very much you know the good old get some cranberry juice push lots of fluid very helpful if you're an essential oil user um, things that you can use uh, as far as oils go to help with that are like an on guard blend from doTERRA or thieves oil um, you can actually drink those and they'll kind of help ward off any bacterial or viral infection that you may get on the road I, those are my first line of defense when I think that we have any kind of an infection starting in us I have not tried that much with horses there's probably some people out there that are a little more versed in using those uh, in the horses I don't I don't use as many as I probably should but that's I guess my go-to. So, and then the next part of what I wanted to talk about today is exercising. Okay. So when you are traveling, it is also important for you to keep your exercise routine going for yourself and your horse. And so I'm very good when I am at home about getting up every morning. I have a set routine where I, I get up, I go to the bathroom. Lord knows you got to do that usually first thing. And then I go do my exercises before I do anything else. I do it before I drink coffee. I do it before I get dressed. I do it before anything else, before I eat my breakfast, because I know if I don't, I won't. Okay. I was listening to another podcast, uh, and they were talking about if you win the morning, you win your day. Okay. So if you're having a hard time finding time to exercise, you have to make it a priority for first thing in the morning. Okay. So when I'm at home, I get up, I do my exercises. What I love to do is uh, stretches for my low back, stretches for my hips and my legs. And then I love to do core strengthening. If you are um, unsure of things that are going to be good to do. You can check out our online courses at uh, pivotpoint.com. Go to courses and um, it'll take you to a, a link for Teachable. And I have some great low back stretches, hip stretches, and core and posture strengthening types of things in there. And that's basically the routine that I do on a daily basis when I'm at home. What I have found this spring and, and at other times, I'm not as good about doing those exercises when I'm on the road. So we've been traveling as a family, all four of us in the trailer, um, gets a little bit tight. And so what I've really been trying to do the latter half of our spring rodeo season is 
when uh, my daughter gets up to do her chores in the morning because she has to take care of her horses on the road I get up and I go for a walk walk jog depending on how I'm feeling for the day but I definitely really enjoyed it and it has kept me accountable and kept me in a much better mindset doing this the latter half of the spring season so if you're the one having to do chores get up get your horses fed and then get down the road doing a walk or a run and do that while your horses are eating because you have to keep your health as a priority as well. It doesn't have to be very long. Honestly, you could be 20 minutes um, where you are out there just getting your heart rate up a little bit, getting yourself stressed a little to where um, you have to breathe a little heavier. Uh, We call it a talk test here at the clinic. Like if you can talk like I'm talking, you probably need to pick up the pace a little bit. But if you can't talk at all because you're so stressed and you can't hardly breathe, then that's probably a little bit too much. So go somewhere in between those two for about 20 to 30 minutes minimum when you're on the road daily um, and you will feel so much better. So um, that's typically I, I get up, I go for a walk run while she's doing her chores and then I come back and as I'm in the trailer then by that time everybody's up and moving around and then I do some stretches just while I'm sitting there. I don't always get my core uh, strengthening done when all of us are in the trailer as a family because again there's not a lot of room but I can definitely do some stretches with my legs during that time. So that's a great way to incorporate your health and wellness routine while you're on the road with a family. Um, if you are traveling by yourself, you know, come back to the trailer and do some planks or some sit-ups and some stretches and things like that. You can also use that time then to either do like meditation. You can do it for prayer. Um, you, if you're not into either one of those, uh, you can use that time to mentally focus on, okay, this is what I'm going to do in my run. And you can just practice that scenario. Like this is how I'm going to run to my first barrel. This is where I'm going to sit. This is how I'm going to approach this. And this is, you know, thinking about that visualization of your whole entire run at once. Um, so that you have mentally practiced that in your mind before you run through the alley uh, in your competition. So there are so many resources on mental toughness, and I encourage you to also look into that. I am not a, a mental health coach, but you know you can uh, listen to our podcast that we did with uh, Ty Hillman. He is wonderful with those kinds of things. Um, he's a great resource. He has a book out there that um, I think is also wonderful to read. Um, I like his book. I like uh, Mind Gym is wonderful. Another book that I really like to uh, that I read was uh, Relentless. Um, as I was reading that one, it reminded me of uh, Trevor Brazil. And as you know, he has a line out there that is called relentless. So there's probably more than a coincidence about that. Um, but it's about basketball stars. And uh, it, it was a really good read. Uh, if you like reading or listen to the audiobooks. there's another book out there called 10 minute toughness or 10 minute mental toughness. And I can't think of who the author is on, on that book, or quite frankly, 
any of these others that I talked to or talked about, but, um, they are all, uh, just good books to kind of get you thinking about what you're thinking. So we listened to a great, um, church service the other day at the Harrison Rodeo, or excuse me, at the Crawford Rodeo. There was a great, uh, quote that Paul had said during the service. He said, be careful what you listen to because what you listen to becomes what you think and what you think becomes what you speak and what you speak becomes what you do and what you do becomes your destiny. So what you're putting into your mind, uh, who you surround yourself with is all, it all has an influence on you and your goals and where you're going to end up in life. So if you think it's not that big of a deal that you aren't training your mind, uh, I think you're going to find that that's going to put you at a disadvantage because the people that you're out there competing against, they are paying attention to what they're putting in their mind. They're paying attention to what they're listening to. They're paying attention to what they're reading. They're paying attention to who they're around and they're going to have a definite advantage over someone who doesn't. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably already aware of that because you are doing things to help improve yourself. You're taking the time when you're cleaning the barn, when you're driving to improve yourself by listening to podcasts versus listening to trash on the radio. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I just need a mental break and I will listen to some trash too. Um, but overall, you need to work every day. As Phil Haugen says it, get 1% better every day. And in 100 days, you'll be 100% better. So I think that's a great philosophy to live by. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you have any more questions about what we talked about, feel free to reach out to us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Pearson Physical Therapy or Pivot Point Equine. We're also on Instagram. So reach out, give us a direct message, and we'd be happy to get back to you. Also, if you loved what you heard, and give us a five-star rating uh, that helps others find us. Thank you very much.